You That's know what time song. it is. I know. I love it. I get excited every time I hear it. It is time for an economic update with Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Hey, happy, happy week after Mother's Day. Stacy, did you have a good Mother's Day? I did. Thank you. I was spoiled and had a great time. Lots of fun with the family. Well, every mommy should be spoiled on Mother's Day. That's what it's all about. Well, cool. I love to hear that. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. They pay their dues. That's for sure. That's for sure. (laughs) You know, it's a, it's, it's, we're an interesting, interesting time uh, in financial history. When, when I I see people coming into uh, the conversation from different doorways, Mm -hmm. but saying similar things, it's like, it's like if one person came to you and said, man, I just, weirdest thing I saw these horses running around crazy in the field, kicking their heels up. Someone else says, man, I just looked at the clouds and it's like black clouds coming in real quick. Mm-hmm. Someone else says, that's weird. I just looked at the thermometer. The temperature just dropped 10 degrees in the last, you know, few minutes. And someone else comes in and is like, man, you know, my, my shoulder and elbows hurt. It only hits when a storm's coming, you know, whatever, like every different level of science. You involved. see the horses going crazy. Every different level yep. of science and, and observation and factual data and everything else all coming together. People come in the room from different doorways, but they're all kind of saying the same thing. And that mm-hmm. is dollar in the economy is going down. And people need to get out and put their money somewhere safe that at least you're shielded from it, but it's mm-hmm. going up. But they're coming into the room from different places. We're from, you know, uh, political people, people that follow, you know, election stuff, economists, banking uh, mm-hmm. industry, lots of different spaces and places, as well as commentators and writers. It's interesting that they're all kind of saying what you've been saying for some time. I mean, that's one of the times mm-hmm. that I wish I were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Nobody nobody wants what I've been talking about to be right. But but you know, I'll, you can't kill the messenger, right? I mean, some of the mm-hmm. stuff is just logic, it's just math. Everything that we're seeing is unsustainable. And we've seen that freight train coming down the hill, which is mm-hmm. why we've been shouting it from the rooftops, yep. get out of the stinking way. Just get jump off the tracks because it's going to mow you over. And we're there. I mean, look what's happening to the stock market. Um Everything, David and Stacy, that we've been talking about for like the last six months, no joke, mm-hmm. is now upon us. Um, and and I mean, I hate to say that I was right, but I was right mm-hmm. because it's just math. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure it out, but it does take understanding how politics and economics and even the social climate of the land all fit in together mm-hmm. as different puzzle pieces into one big puzzle, right? Um, but this is what we're seeing. A couple of the things that we didn't really foresee six months ago was Russia and Ukraine, yep. right? That just amplifies the position. It doesn't, it doesn't really change it. It just amplifies the, the magnitude of, of the problems that we have because that brought an inflationary spiral that, that we never thought was even going to happen when, when some food prices go up triple. Now that there's an embargo on on Russian oil in, in the European Union, that could cause, according to, to J.P. Morgan, chief you know Chase, J, chief economist, that could cause it to go to 189 dollars a barrel. I mean, that's up like 89 percent from where it was, right? I mean, these are huge Man. numbers, and some of this, most of the stuff we foresaw. Some of the stuff we didn't because it was like a black swan event. Nobody foresaw uh, Russia, Ukraine thing happening. But what it does, it doesn't detract from our position. It just amplifies it. Man, that is so true. I'm about to sneeze. I'm about to sneeze in the middle of the show. Like, what do you do? Don't sneeze. 
grit, grit your teeth together. <laughs> Just write it out. Hey, there's a uh, uh, an, an entrepreneur executive uh, person that we follow a group group that we're in, and it, it's you know different investors and, and advisors. But I want to show you a, a chart real quick, and this is person uh, ringing the bell in a in a in a louder way than most people. Looking at at cost increases, looking at things involved in in the markets, um, mainly from a, a Silicon Valley tech kind of perspective. But he has a predetermined framework on his investment strategies. And the biggest alarm that's going off is just, we are headed for a crash in the stock market. Well, we are. So when you look at that, I mean, so, so really, if you look at the green one, um, that's basically showing some, some historical data, right? And, and what the trend looked like during the, the 1930s, the big, the big crash, right? And then you've got the yellow one, which is looking at what did it look like from nine, in 2000 during the tech stock bubble, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at the white one on that chart, which is right now. The trends look so similar. They it's do. Eerie, right? And was 2000 good? No. Stock market, the, the NASDAQ came down 80% on that downfall. So what we're looking at is on that chart is the rise up to the peak and then you see like the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average during the Great Depression, the big, massive, you know, the, the horribleness, right? That mm-hmm. everybody talks about the Great Depression, everything else. Look at, the de- look at the decline in that line. It comes straight down and it comes straight down fast. But look at the trend line moving up to that. All of these are identical. Whether it was the Great Depression, whether it was a tech stock bubble in 2000, yep. or whether it's now. Those trends are almost identical. So what what happens is, is from a psychological standpoint and actually from a money standpoint, things get overbought. Things get the the irrational exuberance of the market gets Man. to a point where people say, "I I'm just not going to buy anything anymore." Right. So so we can a good example of this is like housing. So let's say somebody wants to buy a house. And after an inflationary envelope, like what we've seen, mm-hmm. and it's saying, I think I'm just going to rent for a while. I, I, A, I can't afford the house. I wish yeah. I would have done it six or seven years ago, right? But now, when you get to this point of in the inflationary spiral, the, the regular policy action that follows that is to raise rates, because that's the only mm-hmm. one of only two options that the Fed has to actually slow down the inflation. Well, actually, they have three options. Number one, they can raise interest rates to increase the cost of borrowing so people spend less. Okay, they're doing that, right? right? Number two is they could actually shut off the printing of money because that's truly what causes inflation. Not going to happen. They're not going to do that. Never. Never going to happen. Number three is they could actually increase the reserve requirement at the banks to basically say, hey, when, when, when you contribute $100 to your checking account or savings account, how much do they hold back, right? So because they don't, if, if you really want to stimulate the economy, um, you're going to have a lower reserve requirement. If you want to slow down the economy because of overheated inflation, you're going to actually say, okay, the bank can hold 20, 30, 40% back because that would impact the number of people that can borrow money, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what is it today? The reserve requirement zero has been since April of 2021, zero. Banks don't have to have any money on hand anymore. 
Wow. Via the Federal Reserve Directive. Man. Zero. Man. So imagine, imagine how quickly you could have a run on the banks. If people Minutes. start getting really scared oh, yeah. about the economy, about a stock market collapse, when they really have nothing by decree that they have to keep on hand. So I was talking That's to That's like a buddy the Christmas movie. Yeah. The, it is. It it's, is. A like, it's a wonderful life. It's like it's like a it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Yeah. When you have the run on the banks. Yeah. Absolutely. It's exactly that. So I was talking to a buddy of mine who's 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 TV all the time. He has his own show. And uh, he said, Kirk, I have a friend that that works at one of the big, huge banks. I can't say which one, but it's one of the big five. Right. Mm -hmm. The J.P. Morgan Bank of America, City, Wells Fargo or Capital One. So they said the average that they have on hand right now is actually only about two and a half percent. So so this is yucky if there it doesn't take so everybody much. thinks like oh i got here's here's my app i can put up here's how much money i have in the bank yeah you know it's interesting because yeah, like you think that it's there i've I've heard you know people say before just go to your bank and ask hey i want to take out ten thousand dollars you know from your bank most of the time your bank's are like uh give me a day to come back tomorrow or something like that you know most of the banks would be like nah. you know they're a little hesitant in giving you ten thousand dollars of your own money well, and I had that last time we went to Disney World, which we go every year. I, we're not even going to the theme parks this year when we go because of all the mayhem. It's like, I don't want to support that garbage. Right, right? exactly. So, so, but the last time we went, I went to the bank, largest J.P. Morgan Chase branch in Denver, right? And, mm -hmm. and it's like, I just, I wanted some cash to bring with me. It was only a couple thousand dollars. And, and I went in at the end of the day. This isn't a small bank. Right. It's like the largest one in Denver. And they said, hey, Kirk, we, we can't give it to you. Um, we don't have it. You're going to have to come back. We can give you part of it, but you'll have to come back tomorrow for the rest. It, it's like hitting up a buddy that owes you money. Yeah. Like, what in the world? You're the largest J.P. Morgan Chase branch in Denver, and you don't even have $2,000 at the end of the day? It's like, what? That is wild. I mean, I mean really, th this isn't like some little mom and pop bank where they're the only branch and you would maybe expect that. Mm -hmm. This is Chase. It's like, you've got to be joking me. So so I had to go back twice. I had to, I took what I could. I got like $1,000 that day and I had to go back the next day. I was like, this is mind-numbingly wacky. Well, it but, is. But and, people, and people think what yeah. it shows on their app is there. Right. Like, hey, I can go get this anytime. We need to do this project or I want this. Or if things go crazy, I'm okay because we've been diligent and saved up a lot of money. Saved up a lot of what? Because money becomes real quick. Mm -hmm. It might be, a, you know, a, a bucket of water, you know. Well, so when you look at your your statement, that's what's allocated towards you, but it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that's what they have on hand. See, this is why when, if, if you were to get a check from, from your mom or something for your birthday and, and you deposit it and say, oh, we're going to put a 14 day hold on this check. Right. And you, you don't get the money for a bit. Right. It's like, why, why is that in the world of, of electronic banking, mm -hmm. they could tell you in a fraction of a second that your grandma has $200 in her bank account. Right. Right. But so why do they hold it? It's not because they don't know if she has it or not. They can, but that's what they tell you. Oh, we right. need to verify mm -hmm. the funds. No, they need to verify the funds that the bank actually has it. Not that, that it's allocated right. to wow. your grandma's. They, because if they, if not, they have to get um, what's called an interbank transfer from the Fed. And they, that costs them money. That costs um, interest rate. I mean, this is the prime rate, right? Mm -hmm. So, which is the cost of money from bank to bank. They don't want to have to do that. 
So therefore, they just put a hold on it. So hopefully within the next 10 or 14 days or whatever the hold is, they can actually pull that money in and, and pay the wire without you or actually cash the check without having to get a loan. This is the world that we're living in. This has it's always wild. been the case. This is why they don't, they put a hold on checks. It's not because they can't tell if the giver of the check has money in their account. They know that instantly. It's because the bank might not actually have it on hand and they have to actually wait. I'm telling you, if you're hoping in the stock market, the same people that brought you blockbuster stock or anything else yep. that all of a sudden becomes worthless in, a, in an instant. If you're, if your faith is solely there, I question it. If your faith is in, well, I got my money in the mm-hmm. bank. It's safe there. I would question it. You need something tangible. You probably need some actual cash on hand at home. We do, you know, and then mm-hmm. you need gold and silver. You need something tangible outside of the system right now, because it's the only thing that you can actually bite and touch and it might be here in the future. Well, a hundred percent. Right. And and is cash. Okay. You you have to have some cash on hand because everyone has to have an emergency fund case. Something big comes Mm up. You have operating costs every month as a family or as a business, right? You have a monthly nut that you need to crack that needs to stay in cash. But I would recommend to everybody no more than three months of expenses on hand, anything over and above that you should invest into silver. Why silver? because it's the best inflationary hedge that we have. It's out of the system. It's out of the banking system. It's away from the stock market. It's portable. It's private. It, it, but when you have a thing, just like what Elon Musk has been saying for a long time, things go up with inflation, right? And, and gold and silver is a thing. Mm-hmm. So to me, when it's 100% liquid, because all we have to do is make a 45-second phone call to the depository when somebody wants to lock in their silver mm-hmm. and we wire the funds four or five days later, that's liquid to me. You yeah. know, nobody right. generally needs right. cash on the same day, but why would you keep cash? Question, why would you keep cash when you're getting zero on it and inflation's hovering unofficially around 25%? That's a guaranteed loss of 25% a year on any cash that you have. Therefore, you have to minimize your cash position to just three months of expenses and invest the rest into silver. So at least you'll outpace inflation. I mean, people who are putting confidence in the banking system right now, um, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. You should not have confidence in the banking system. The, the right bankers now. don't No. the no. bankers don't it's, ask, ask one in private. Yeah, that's exactly right. That is so true. So again, yeah. if, if somebody wants to, you know, learn more, if they want to get a free consultation with you, they can go to fly over gold, dot com flyovergold.com or call 720-605-3900 this is a free consultation to learn what should i do to be able to preserve my wealth you know i mean i think that is absolutely amazing that you all offer that and i think this is a really important time people should call today to find out more information absolutely for more great content go to flyoverconservatives.com 